All right, Bill, why don't we uh, get started, uh, you and I, tonight on the show, the Simple Mind Sports Show. Ray is taking a sick day. I guess a valid sick day. Uh, it's like twice Anytime is COVID. Anytime is COVID-related in the family. I mean, yeah, he yeah, doesn't yeah. have it. He's just tired. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's just tired. Look, Ray doesn't have a life, so if this is occupying a lot of his time and energy just dealing with COVID, then let him, let him have the sick day. Just yeah. get his mind off of it. That's fine. No problem. Uh, but you and I will do some opening takes. We'll uh, do some Patriots talk, some Celtics talk, and some Bruins talk. All the news lately. Um, I, I'll throw it over to you for an opening take if you uh, want to start the show off. Uh, well, Thursday. It is Thursday as we record this right now. Um, return of one Tuka Rask in, <laughs> in net right now. Um, before I came upstairs to start recording, it was 2 nothing Bruins, two uh, David Pasenak goals pretty quickly in the first period. But for me, I just have this feeling that Bergie's done after this year, P- Patrice Bergeron. You know, they kind of alluded to a little bit on the radio this morning that, you know, they they had some kind of a little pack. They might go out together. I really think that he's done. You know, he hasn't negotiated any contracts, and it kind of changed my outlook on the season a little bit. I want them to go all out at this point. I know we're going to kind of discuss the Bruins a little bit in their, their plan that we think they should do, but this year go all out, try to win it. If Bergie's going to go out, I mean, he's been one of the Bruins great, at least try to win another cup for him. And the way they're playing right now and the way they're scoring fucking goals right now, the, the Stanley cup, I'm not saying they're a Stanley cup caliber team, but Tampa's down this year. The Montreal Canadiens are the worst team in the league. So, I mean, realistically, the Bruins, they get in the playoffs. Anything can happen. But, you know, try to go all out. You don't have a lot of trade, but at least try to go all out and then reset next year and and start your rebuild after that. Yeah, it is the NHL. You get in, anything can happen. We saw it happen um, with the, you know, with the Blues uh, Stanley Cup. That path was laid out for the Bruins and they, you know, took a rask, blew it. But Bruins uh, in 2011, look at that path. Yeah. You know, you seven games against Tampa and the Canadians, you swept the Flyers and seven games against the fucking Canucks. You had no business winning that series. The Canucks were the best team in hockey that year from start to finish. Yeah, we'll talk more about it. Certainly, there's uh, definitely some holes to fill, and that would be a stretch for the Bruins to pull that off. But I think I'm with you there. And Tuca kind of alluded to it in a lot of his comments, too, in terms yeah. of the gang getting back together for one last run of it. Um, I'll go uh, with the Celtics. Celtics are back to 500 and playing better basketball. I say that with, you know, uh, a lot of uh, salt. Because what, What's the saying? I don't know what the fucking saying is. Grain of salt. Because. Grain of salt. It could come and it could go at any point in time with this team, but they have just strung together. I'd say a week and a half of decent games. You got two back-to-backs against Indiana. When Jalen and Jason are clicking at the same time, that's a tough team to beat. They still have stretches of infuriating basketball to watch, but they were in command of that Indiana game um, last night, Wednesday, pretty much soup to nuts. And now they're back to 500. And if you're a 500 team at the trade deadline in the NBA, you're in decent shape if you can keep your shit going and stay healthy. So we'll see if the Celtics can do that. Uh, we got a little more on that in the show, obviously. And I'll take Ray's thought, seeing as it is football season and it is the playoffs. We got touch on the Patriots. That'll be our first topic today. Let's see what Ray's opening take would be from the Patriots. Uh, it's going to be cold, and Mac Jones is going to go there, and Patriots are going to roll. Man. Josh Allen's a fucking pussy because his toes get cold, and uh, Brad Gable's uh, fat. Giselle's a bitch. Uh, looks uh. like a man. <laughs> Welcome to the Simmon Sports Show. Friday headlines, January 14th. Welcome to the show. watching on youtube please uh subscribe rate review if you're listening on the podcast do the same and uh whatever you do, tell your friends share it amongst the masses uh, of course we're brought to you by white birch brewing the best craft brewing in new hampshire national new hampshire brewery address sorry bill address please <laughs> that, was still, that was still that yeah dude it's just flowing yeah man what's the fucking address I'd said it, 460 oh, Amherst Street. There you go. You the good side it. of Amherst Street. Good side. Uh, get on down to the brewery. Get on down. Uh, get yourself a flight, a pint. Uh, if you can't get to the brewery, get at your local beer store, wherever you get it. Tell them the Simple Minds, boys. Sent you. Sounds right, like they got a good release coming out, too. A pineapple blueberry beer. It's it's purple of 5.5%. Should be released later Ooh, on this week, it. I believe. Yeah. I just started. 
No, it like looks a like a sour. Truthfully, it, it doesn't look like a stout because it's it, it's purple. The he just they just posted on their. Uh, I could get down Instagram with it. maybe if yeah. a nice dark sour this time of year. That'd be good too. They do good sours. They do good stouts. They do everything good. You know how I feel about sours. <laughs> well, that's just because you are sour. You mm-hmm. it's conflicting. You can't put too much of that one too thing much in sour one body. in there. Yeah. Uh, Bill, if, if Patriots go into Buffalo Saturday nights, uh, everyone's making a big deal of the weather because of the last time they played in Buffalo. I don't think it's going to be that big a deal. I don't think it's going to be, be cold. It's going to be cold. Uh, you sent the article out to the text chain. Josh Allen has bad circulation to his feet, so his toes get cold. And uh, I guess that's a. I will say this. There's been a lot of talk about the temperature up in Buffalo out of those Buffalo players, specifically Josh Allen. If they all take Bart Scott's advice and pop a couple of Viagra's, apparently that's supposed to help. (laughs) I didn't dive deep into into the explanation Uh from Bart Scott on that one. I just thought it's a funny headline, but I'm not too concerned about it. What I am concerned about is if the Patriots play as close to an airtight game as they can, limit the miscues, limit limit the mistakes, control their game. Um, I I think you agree they have a chance to win. I think we all do. But do you agree with me that it's going to be a close? Like they, the Patriots are not winning this game no matter what, more than four points by more than four points. Yeah, I agree. Field goal, four point game, something like that. I mean, you've seen over this one and three stretch, third year in a row they finished one and three. By the way, um, but you've 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 kind of seen it. You know they need to play a pitcher perfect game, right? Um, Indy, you, you blocked the punt. You went down 14, nothing early. Buffalo, um, last week against Miami, same thing. Opening drive, touchdown, pick six, went down early. Buffalo, the same thing. I mean, miscues, turnovers, like these are the things, stupid penalties. Like those are the things you can't have in this game because Buffalo, I think on paper, is a more skilled team. They have more talent overall from top to bottom. And that includes you have a quarterback advantage. Say what you want about Josh Allen, but I mean, he's he played awesome against the Patriots in Gillette four weeks ago. So, I mean, that's a huge thing. And like I said, I think the disrespect they felt coming out, you know, I, I expect Buffalo to be firing and that's, you know, the motion's got to be in check The discipline for the Patriots. If they don't play a pitcher perfect game, they're, they're not going to win. You know, the margin yeah. of error is too small for them. Super small. The margin of error is little to none and uh, their talent it just barely matches it uh, on a good day. So yeah, you know, they're, they're certainly, um, you know, playing on a razor here and, Obviously, if you look ahead, they don't have enough to go three games on the road and, and, you know, and have success, but you go up in Buffalo, maybe you can get by one, a division obviously for the third time. I like Belichick in that situation. Let's go over a couple of pros for the Patriots in this game. Uh, Ran through some statistics today. I don't know if you had a chance to look at the email, but uh, Rain Man should be popping one under that, under that table there. Cause I was throwing some numbers at you. Don't need to just get hard on numbers. (laughs) Patriots, the Patriots run game in the first meeting, uh, you know, infamously had 46 carries, 222 yards, six in that big breakaway uh, from uh, Harris, the 64 yard touchdown in the first quarter there. In the second meeting, uh, 27 attempts, 149 yards, five and a half yards per carry. Both of those are with the Bills absolutely selling out on the defense, which is technically supposed to be the strength of their defense, yep. um, you know, their, their uh, defensive line. The Bills rank 11th in defensive, basically, efficiency. They've given up 12 runs of 20 or more in the regular seasons, and that's the ninth most overall in the NFL. I look at that, and if the Patriots don't fuck up and get a blocked punt and get down by 14 early, that's the way they want to play. Um, and we saw it in both games. They can get, you know, Josh McDaniels can break one outside. They, you know, they like that crackback. Uh, type of running if they're shoving you know if they're blocking inside uh, the bills defense is that is that a strategy for the for the patriots if they can keep it close and, and maintain a five and a half yards per carry um against this bills defense you got to because that means you're keeping josh allen and the buffalo offense off the field i mean you look at stefan Diggs has owned jc jackson in his buffalo career i mean that's a big disadvantage the longer you can keep them off the off the field the better i mean the patriots have to run the ball that's their that's been their bread and butter all year, you know, and, and it starts with the offensive line. Isaiah Wynn hasn't practiced all week. Final injury reports come out. He's still questionable. I don't think he's going to play. You don't see good track record of guys sitting out all week and not playing. Say what you want about Isaiah Wynn. He hasn't been super awesome this year, but he's been a pretty solid run 
run blocker for this team. And, you know, you saw what a, a Wienwa did last week. A Winu, sorry. Winu. Did last a Winu. Oh, You said it, season. dude. You said it. You did. I know. You did. I've been doing it now all season too. <laughs> After you started with that fucking Aninwa shit. A Winu, a Winu, a, a Winu, a Winu. So now you see a Winu like bouncing off the left tackle. He did not look good against Miami. So, I mean, that's something to, to worry about there, protecting Max Blindside. You know, and Isaiah Wins had his troubles this year, but he's been a pretty solid left tackle for them since you know when healthy and that's yeah, a big that's it a big feels problem. like they straightened it out after that first month of the season uh where if you remember mac was getting absolutely annihilated i mean yeah there's a lot of rumors he's he's hurt i think wrist shoulder and knee injuries is what they were alluding to this morning and i mean he I played noted he played what 10 games last year in, in Alabama and now he's on 17 going on 18 games. And he, again, you just alluded to, he got murdered in the regular season. There was a, there was a point. I think it was even before the Colts game uh, where Max start, you know, a lot, some of his throws were getting airmailed. And uh, I think we touched on on the show that maybe he's dealing with something because his accuracy to start the year, you know, was in the mid seventies, even when they were letting him throw a little bit more, you know, 20 attempts a per game. And that hasn't really gone away. He's, he's still pretty accurate, but you know, he's in the low sixties, the last month of the season, obviously better competition in the Jaguars game. He lit it up, but um, yeah, I wouldn't doubt a fucking doughboy. The guy probably, the guy's never seen an ab in his life and he's getting yeah. fucking door rocked well so, you see he's airmailing him because he's flat-footed a lot and he's rushing his throws and i think there's a lot because i don't know he's not afraid to get hit but those those hits have taken a, a pretty big toll on him this year and i just think you alluded to and that was the biggest thing can his body survive a you know a rigorous nfl season and right now no nah. i mean he's played every game well but- he's playing man i mean i think that's his biggest attribute is his toughness like that was probably the last thing people thought about mac jones coming out of the out of college is you know this kid's tough but you got to look at him and, and give him an a plus in that category for this season the, the beating that he's took a lot of it on his own you know a rookie is going to take hits because they don't know how to get hit in the nfl and they you know, they can't just, you know, identify blitzes as well at this point in their career. So they're going to take hits and they're 22. How old is Mac? 23, 24. 23. And don't forget Brady. So they got a young body. Four or five years. I remember it was. Oh, Brady used to get fucking Dude, rocked. Oh, uh, three in Buffalo, the overtime game. He was running up the sideline. I forget. Was it spikes or someone took his fucking head off on the sideline, knocked his helmet off, picks it up, gets right out. They won the game anyways, but still it's like, dude, you, the early in his career, he was getting rocked. Yeah. Now he kind of got better as he got older and learned about his body and his pliability. Oh, and God damn it. Go shit. buy a fucking $100 sweatshirt if you want to talk about Brady. <laughs> uh, let's stick with some. If people don't know, Brady has released his own fucking uh, athletic apparel brand or whatever. I didn't even look what the you Brady said. Brand. Just mad. Uh, Brady it's just brand. t-shirts that say Brady and you got to spend 100 bucks on them. So Ridiculous. 100% cotton. No, 90% cotton, 10% polyester. They, you know. It's not even a logo. It literally Brady. <laughs> the Brady brand. <laughs> Fuck out of here. <laughs> what a Stupid. prick. What an absolute prick. Uh, I put this under Patriots pros too, because this has been the, this has been the best part of the defense all season is their past defense, even though it hasn't looked like that recently. Uh, but if you go back, I mean, the the defense has been good outside of the last few weeks. I mean, they have not given up a lot of points uh, this season. And in that seven game win streak, you know, they were holding teams under 18, 19 points on average, but I think that it starts up front and we haven't seen the same pressure from certainly uh, Judon, but also Barmore hasn't been the same in the last few weeks. He's hurt as we know. Um, Sounds like he's I don't play. <laughs> what's his practice. I thought that uh, people were saying he looked okay this week. Yeah, he's questionable, but he returned to practice. I think he practiced two out of the three day, two out of two days, and Tuesday they didn't practice. They released a report, and he was questionable on that too. So or limited. So there's he might I think, play. Yeah, I, I thought I've been hearing good things out of there, so I expect him um, to play. But uh, get back to the Patriots' pass defense. You know, if you get pressure on them, that second game they really laid back uh, on Josh Allen and made him drive the field and expected him to make mistakes. And Josh Allen had one of the best games of his career, even though he shouldn't have. He should have had two picks to J.C. Jackson. But I don't expect the Patriots to do that this game. You know, I don't 
I don't, I don't anticipate seeing, you know, a ton of, you know, all out blitzes, but I expect them to, to switch up their rushes, you know, get some stunts going, maintain the contain in Josh Allen in the post, but yeah, you got to contain him in the pocket. That's the biggest thing with Allen. I don't Yeah. But I don't expect to see, you know, just four man straight rushes or three man, you know, rushes and, and dropping back. They got to get pressure on him. You know, I think that's when he, he tends to make mistakes is when he's got a guy in his face and we saw it. You know, we just, the Patriots defense didn't capitalize on it. And that's also a key that if he throws you the ball in your hands, JC Jackson, catch it. And then yeah, run. you can't call yourself Mr. INT if you're dropping uh, balls in your hand. Sorry. <laughs> you can't. That's what Irene calls me. <laughs> hey, lame Irene jokes. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Show notes. Uh, here's some statistics for you uh, in terms of man versus zone uh, for Josh Allen. Uh, the Patriots versus Josh Allen playing uh, man coverage. Josh Allen was actually worse, surprisingly. He was 13 for 25, 52% completion percentage, 134 yards. Uh, but he also had 10 passing first downs and two rushing first downs. I think that's where he absolutely killed you in that yeah. second game, uh, 16 game of the season. What do you uh, have, 55 he, yards rushing? <laughs> I think he had more than that, didn't he? I think it he was, was 60, 64, I thought. Either way, something close like enough. <laughs> But a couple, I mean, those two rushing first downs, you remember them specifically. They were one was a third down. And just, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it was like the precursor to Tua's run last week on third down. The one that I remember, I think it was, I think it was the last one. But either way, Judon just rushed way too far up the field and just gave him that 26 yard run into the, into the red zone. Yep. Uh, that really sealed the game. Uh, against the zone, though, um, Josh Allen, 16 of 20. Uh, 80% passing and 173 yards. So I don't know. I, <clears throat> I always thought that playing his own when, when they got beat, when Isaiah McKenzie was running across the field and catching balls, it seemed like every fucking time they threw it, I was yelling at the screen. Why are you playing man? Why are you playing man? Why are you playing man? The statistics tell us uh, that they're better in man against Josh Allen. And when I, the article I got this from NBC sports, Basically, they were. Josh Allen just made the play. Those Isaiah McKenzie throws, if you go back and look, were fucking dimes under pressure on the run. Josh yeah. Allen just had a fucking awesome game. So I think the Patriots stick to a similar game plan, just bring a little bit more pressure, and hopefully their pass defense can come up and get some deflections and some third-down stops. Yeah, you alluded to it. It all, it all revolves around containing Allen in the pocket. I think Zoe alluded to it today on the radio. He's not planning to wear sleeves. You know, he thinks that's a precursor for him to run a lot. He can feel the ball in his arms more. You know, it, it, it scares me because his legs are dangerous. He's the only real running threat on, that Buffalo has. And the Patriots have always, always, always struggled with mobile quarterbacks going back years with Belichick's defense. And, and it goes back to containing the edges. You, you saw Judon, I think it was the third or fourth down that led to the 26-yard the rush, but he was behind Josh Allen and Allen just took off. Yeah. Like you can't, you can't have that, you know, and, and he needs to step up. It, it all, I think it all starts with the pass pass rush, not whether you're playing zone or you're playing, <clears throat> you're playing man to man. It all starts with getting after the quarterback. You know, you saw it in the first game where you put a lot of pressure on Josh Allen. I know the wind conditions were a problem, but it all started because you were consistently getting home with rushing Judon and Barmore, right. And those guys have kind of disappeared in the last four games. So hopefully that will come back and they're all beat up. I know, COVID with Judon and he, he's definitely got hurt in the second game. He's kind of gutting it through, but I mean, this is a big problem that they've had going back 15 years is mobile quarterbacks. So, I mean, I, I think it starts more containing him in the pocket, you know, four or five guys kind of around the line, line of scrimmage. Don't get behind them, keep them in front of you. And, and that's how you're going to contain them. I don't think it matters really with the man rush, the man, the man or the zone. It all starts with the front seven. Would you, Allen. Um, and I've heard this from a couple of places. Would you think about, not necessarily sitting um, Hightower and Bentley, but using them less certainly uh, in passing downs and putting Duggar and Adrian Phillips in those linebacking roles. Like we saw last year for most of last year, they played, you know, those linebacking positions and really just selling out in the past, the Buffalo um, run offense, their run game has been trash all season. Yeah. Now um, Singletary kind of beat you up a little bit, but that's certainly not what beat you in the game. Josh Allen mm -hmm. beat you. So, you know, with everything that we're talking about, I don't know. I think I would like to see a little less Dante Hightower in this game, a little less Jawan Bentley, unless they're rushing the passer, unless they're in there to get after 
uh, Josh Allen at the line of scrimmage. I, I don't need those guys in a soft zone in the middle of the field. It's, it just seems like they're constantly getting burnt. Give me Duggar. Give me Adrian Phillips. Give me fucking Juwan William, or Joe, Joe Juwan Williams in that position to, to give me a little speed. And maybe, maybe I went too far with Joe Juwan. Williams. Yeah, you did <laughs> way too far. I mean, he doesn't deserve to see. the problem with, with that. And I think I heard the same thing this morning. The problem with that is Duggar hasn't also hasn't practiced all week and he missed last week's game. So he's also battling injuries. So, I mean, you're, you're kind of sun out, but you're going to have to play, you know, what, five, six, seven DBs if you're if, if you're playing Adrian Phillips and Duggar in the box because you're still going to need to protect the pass. In the back. So, I mean, you know, you're 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 taking the size off the field. But, I mean, to slow down Allen, that, that might have to be the way to go. I think Adrian Phillips is better as an in-the-box safety. You saw a lot of it with Pat Chung in the last couple of years, and Adrian Phillips has really filled that gap tremendously, deserved the extension he just signed. So, I mean, he – yeah, you, you got to do something. Have them play that linebacker role. You know, I mean, you got They're going to flood. They're going to spread you out. You know, that's exactly what they're going to do. Dawson Knox is there. I mean, Diggs, Beasley, I think, is coming back healthy. And, and Isaiah McKenzie just murdered you. Yeah. You know, I mean, we thought losing Beasley was a bigger disadvantage for Buffalo. And, and Isaiah McKenzie had 120 yards and, a, what, two touchdowns? So, yeah. I mean, he, was, he, he picked up a role perfectly, so – I tend to think Beasley probably just would have scorched you just as much, but um, I think so too. <laughs> do you, uh, do we know what the deal is with Jalen Mills who got on the COVID list this week as well? No, I, I don't know, but the new protocol, I mean, you could come off a lot quicker, so he can come off with two negative tests, but again, not one, practicing one negative test, one Ooh, rapid test and one uh, PCR test within PCR 24 test. hours, not 48. So we did, but we have seen, we saw it with, uh, Damian Harris. We saw it with Matthew Judon. Uh, we've seen it with a lot of guys that have missed time, not practiced during the week. Their playing time during the game really gets limited. So, yeah, I don't know if they can afford to do that with Jalen Mills if he comes back. I mean, their secondary is so thin, but Miles Bryant came back, but he got torched all game by Isaiah McKenzie. So, I mean, it's Shh, don't say that too loud, Ray Hogan, man. Yeah. Uh, uh, speaking of cons, just real quickly, I wanted to touch on this because uh, the Patriots cons or the negatives for them. Uh, I go to the offensive side of the ball and we've been harping on this kind of all year, but haven't, I don't think we've ever really just really hit it on the nose. They just don't have anybody that can make a play on offense. Nobody. Mm -hmm. And obviously, you know, more talking in uh, as pass catchers, you know, I think their running backs are good for what they do. And Mac Jones is what he is. But in terms of pass catchers, they have nobody who can make a fucking play. Here's the statistics for you. Um, let's see. Shit. Sorry, I lost it. Go ahead. Let me see if I can find it. No, they don't. I, I mean, as much as I like, um, you know, Kendrick Bourne and Hunter Henry, I mean, they're not guys that when it comes to crunch time, you're going to go to. I mean, you look at your leading receiver was um, Jacoby Myers at 83 catches, which I didn't I didn't think he got that many for like 860 yards. I mean, that's your leading wide receiver right there at 83 catches. I mean, even him, like you think your number one leading receiver is going to be a kind of a playmaker and he's not. He's your zone threat he's your you know your check down guy i mean he spreads the field a little bit but he's not going deep he's not he's not a guy on third and seven i go watch out for jacoby myers right it's like i mean he's not like that's julian edelman west welker territory right. danny amendola in those years <clears throat> with brady it's an unexpected time <clears throat> in the game where where you see him come up with a nice catch for 16 yards or something right it's like on third and seven where are they going i have no fucking idea i just hope they get it like brandon bolden screen pass hopefully it works that's kind of what you're looking at the statistics i had i think kind of which spell this out um the bills are on defense mainly play zone they've played about 35% zone this season against the Patriots. They've gone to 65% in that first game and 47% in the second game, which just tells me they don't have any faith uh, or they have more faith in their bad secondary that they can stop those Patriots pass catchers and sell out on the run uh, than they do against any other, any other team in the league. And rightfully so, because Mac Jones led the league this year with a uh, league high seven interceptions against man coverage. Um, so the, the stars are not aligning for the Patriots offense uh, when it comes to uh, Saturday night. Mm -mm, not at all. And and that's a, you know, that's kind of a big issue. And you, you heard it come out of the hard knocks with the Colts. 
You know, you heard it all week. They were trying to make Mac beat him. Mac beat him. They didn't respect him at all. They sold out against the run, and Mac couldn't do it. I mean, that's the way to do it. You shut down the running game, and I've said it all year. The biggest thing that worries me with Patriots is their front runners, right? So if people if things don't go swimmingly for them right away, and you get down by two scores, we've seen Mac. He's I think he's had one game winning drive maybe in, in the 10 wins that he's had this year. And he's had opportunities. He has multiple opportunities to really take advantage of it. And he hasn't done it yet. And that's, it, it's tough. And you, you got to hope that he can do something, but the man coverage Buffalo has no, no faith in Mac Jones. And why would you, he did, he threw three fucking times and in, in up there in Buffalo again. And I would do the same <laughs> thing. I'd put nine guys in the box and say, beat me. I'm not even He's going to have opportunities, you know, uh, in this article I read in NBC sports, they showcased how many guys were open on that second level and either Mac just missed them or the guys dropped it or they couldn't get themselves open. When you, when you sell out that hard on the run there, you're going to leave something open in the NFL. It's up to the Patriots to, uh, to capitalize on that. I'm with you. We haven't seen it all season. There's no reason to think that they're going to do it this game. If you want the Patriots to win, they have to win. Like they've won all season long, control the ball, get an early lead, win by a field goal, make your defense make stop and defense get a turnover. They're second in the league in, uh, in second in the league at 65% of the uh, drives that they've Patriots defense faced. They caused a turnover. So I give you a lot of statistics here in this Patriots segment, Bill. I, 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 if you need a second, <laughs> if you need a minute to find the bathroom. Fair I gotta enough. change my pants. <laughs> But in those Bills games, correct me if I'm wrong, did they turn Josh Allen over at all in the in the two games this year? I don't, I don't think, think so. They I don't did. think he threw it. No, because what he threw 150 yards the first game, no interceptions. I don't think they had any fumbles. No, no, I don't think so. But they certainly had opportunities, even in that first game with the win. He was sailing some balls, and um, you know, obviously we showcased it in the second game, the JC Jackson fumbles. So. Um, yeah, they're going to have to play all the way back, circle it all the way back to the start of the segment. They're going to have to play their perfect game uh, to win. That's going to be the case moving forward against anybody. Against you know teams like the Chiefs, they probably still won't win. But I think against the Bills, they can. I think that they have the opportunity to go up there and win this. So I'll throw it to you. Give me your prediction. What do you see coming? Mm, you want to score? I get Buffalo, honestly. I think I got Buffalo by field goal. I'll probably... Uh, 21-17, so I'll, I'll say four. Yeah, I don't know how to predict it. I think that the Patriots win 21-17 or the Bills win 31-24 to or something. Not even, 31-17. to I, I, I think the Patriots win real close so the Bills run away with it. Yeah. That's, that's kind of my – I don't think the Patriots lose – Unless it's unless they get a late touchdown or something and it's not really, you know, a close game. I, I can just I can either see the Patriots keeping it close and pulling it out or the Bills taking it taking it and running away with it. That's kind of yeah, I, I, can, I, I can see a repeat of game number two with them. You know, you, you had a close late and then Allen kind of put a drive together and, and iced the game. Same yeah. thing that happened with the Colts. Like I, I it just has that feeling and you should have zero confidence going one and three to finish in your last four and entering the playoffs. Like is you know expectations got to be low for this team. So what and, we're saying is if they win, it's all gravy, baby. Walk into this, no gravy. pressure, no stress, <laughs> just they're expecting to lose. If they win on to the next one, Crack Hallelujah. A beer. happy beers, baby. Uh, all right. Speaking of happy beers, get over to back to basics, LLC.com. Uh, get your email, uh, personal email from Dr. Tom, the CBD guru out of Rhode Island. Uh, he'll send you a personal email, set up your uh, CBD remedy, uh, whatever you're looking for, whatever you need, whether it be a shitty shoulder, you got a barking dog, you want to sleep better. Uh, this is the guy for you. Go to back to basics, LLC.com. You get a free sample with every order that you make. It's an absolute no brainer. If you're still looking for one of those medical marijuana cards, this is also the place you want to go. Uh, nothing needed. Just go in there. He'll help you out to put you in the right position to get one of those. Go to back to basics, LLC.com. Um, we're running late, so we don't have to touch on that. We don't have to spend too much time in this, but I, it was just too good not to the yeah. Brian Flores debacle that you've been uh, chronicling in our text <laughs> chain today is amazing. So I'll just kind of throw it to you and just give us the give us the highlights on that. All right. So the first one was after they drafted Tua in 2022, he uh, had the team PT test Tua four times throughout from March or the draft until July because he didn't believe uh, Tua's body tra um, transformation was real. So that was one, <laughs> uh, I believe, throughout the whole season. This 
this season, he kept telling Tua he wished they drafted Mac Jones instead of him. So, I mean, there's a lot of underlying stuff, and you're kind of hearing why uh, Brian Flores may have got fired. I mean, we've, you know, you and I had some good conversations. Ray was kind of being, you know, Ray about it. But the fact that, you know, the the short change in the, the minority coaches in the league, Brian Flores was 24 and 25 in three years, competed, he won 10 games last year, competed for a playoff spot the last two years. And for him to get fired over something like that, I mean, I get you want to you want to take your uh, your franchise quarterback, but I thought Brian Flores did a pretty damn good job in, in Miami, considering the dumpster uh, fire organization that is. And I just think he got the raw end of the deal and getting and getting fired. And I think the league feels the same way. He was the biggest shock of getting fired on uh, on Monday. So, it's a yeah, joke. it almost <laughs> like now it almost goes to was he trying to get fired? Was he trying to get himself out of there? Like, are you you're that shitty towards your starting quarterback? You know, it, that starts to move up the chain. But I, I understand a franchise picking their franchise quarterback over a coach that's more important. I think we've learned that here in New England. But Tua's not that guy. Tua's no. not that guy. Tua sucks. I, so <laughs> I mean, okay, Tua doesn't suck, but he's middle of the pack at best. He's bottom third. Top of the bottom third. I'll take two or Mac Jones right now. Mac Jones. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Right. I mean, they were scared to death to let that guy throw at the end of the season. He's a mistake waiting to happen. So, um, I mean, two the the Alabama wide receivers candidly picked Mac Jones over to a tag of Iowa, and they both won championships. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, (laughs) just. Making him drug test four times because he didn't think his body like that shit. Dude, I love it. That's I just funny it. shit. That's just as that's just funny shit. Um, all right. Well, uh, we're gonna get into some Celtics and Bruins talk to end the show. But before we do that, I'm gonna throw it over to headlines with the Queen. Good luck. Yeah. With you. Thank you. So the little ball of hate, Brad Marchand had a quick hat trick last night, and the Canadians had it by the second period as they beat the Canadians five to one. Uh, Curtis Lazar had the other two goals last night. Um, tonight, as we record this right now, Tuka Rask makes his return to get uh, against Philadelphia, and again at the time of this recording, it was two nothing. Glorious to have Tuka back in net for the Bruins, says Ray Stradamus. The Celtics pull back to 500 with a 119-100 win over the Pacers. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum both uh, score over 20 in the the second win in a row against Indiana. I believe they combined for 65 total points. Uh, Celtics next tape on the 76ers and the Bulls this weekend. Saturday night, we see the rubber match between the Patriots and Bills. The weather is expected to be below zero, so Josh Allen will be sporting a boner to keep his toes warm per a recommendation from Bart Scott. Labatt Blue, Ice, Luges, and Frozen Bildos are, are expected to be uh, plentiful amongst Bills Mafia for this game. This is the Headlines with Queen. <laughs> I like that you just bull rush through it. I don't did you look into that Bart Scott comment anymore where he told no. Josh Allen to pop Viagra to stay warm? I, I listened to the clip, just like that, that snippet of it. I mean, the way they found Viagra was it supposed to be a heart medicine. It was supposed to help regulate the flow of your blood through your body, things like that. Well, everyone came back and said, hey, the side effect was, you know, I got a raging boner for four hours. So that's how they discovered Viagra. <laughs> Viagra. So, I mean, I guess it could work, but I, I what, what if you, I mean, you know, you, what if you're running with a boner? What if you fall and land? Does on jo- do you think Josh Allen wears a cup? He must. I don't think quarterbacks wear a cup. I probably wouldn't. I know a lot of football players don't, which is like, weird. A lot of wide receivers don't. Nuts. I don't, uh. I, I never like wearing it. Like in baseball, I never like wearing a cup, but I generally did because I was, afraid. I stopped, I stopped wearing it when I stopped being a catcher. <laughs> so I remember the few times where I, I remember I forgot mine one day and Dan Kripe, I'm like, dude, give me your cup. I'm, like, I'm going by the plate. At this point, I did care. I'm like that, that's where I care. But when I'm in the infield or outfield, I didn't give a shit. Yeah. Um, it's certainly uncomfortable, but yeah, I just don't, how do you, uh, how do you go into a, a game with a raging boner? <laughs> the camera's on him. I'll be, I'm gonna be, I'll tell you what, I'm going to be looking. I'm going to be looking looking straight at his dick the whole game. Yep. Uh, Before we get to that, let's talk a little Celtics. They do beat the Pacers for the second time in a row in three nights or whatever it was, 119 to 100. Uh, Like I said off the top, they've been playing good basketball. Uh, Tatum and Brown scored for 57 points. Um, I don't know what what this sentence is. They each scored over 30. 
I just copied this from somebody else. Oh, the past two games, they've had 137 points between them against the Pacers. So they're both clicking. I had some quotes here from, uh, from NBC Sports Boston. These are mostly from Jalen Brown. I'll, get, I'll read them to you and then you know, tell me what you think. Quote, uh, try not to look. We try not to look at uh, taking turns, more just making the right play and reading the game because you don't want to get caught up in taking turns and kind of getting stagnant as far as just making the right play. Obviously, that's Jalen talking about him and Jason Tatum sharing the ball. Uh, he said, goes on to say, I want Jason to reach his potential and get everything out of his game, and he wants to get out of it. So to see him going is great. It inspires me just to keep going, getting better, keep improving, keep playing off each other and making the best uh, that we have. Um, this is the one that stuck out, and I think this is what differentiates Jalen Brown to uh, against Jason Tatum. He said, after the win, getting to 500, this was his comment, quote, no satisfaction whatsoever, none at all. We're back to 500. We got some tough teams ahead of us. We've been through a lot of adversity this season, and it's time to turn that adversity into positive production. These guys clearly listen to the noise. They clearly have mm-hmm. a response to the noise all the time. I generally think that's a bad thing. Yeah, because remember last year with Perkins and, and uh, Tatum? We call out Tatum, and they had to have a phone conversation because he was disrespected. It's like, shut Tatum up. Tatum got in a beef, Twitter beef with Perkins again just last week. Yeah, but if it, but I just think this is the, this is the new NBA. And if it, if it uh, equates to results on the court, then I don't know, I guess it's okay. I'll just say that I I've been watching Jason Tatum's offensive game for since he's been on the Celtics. I said to to you guys pretty much from the start, I don't like a lot of his offensive game. He's got a, a lot of room to improve. That's where hashtag budding superstar came in. I'm going to tell you right now, it's improving. He's better getting to the rim. He's better at finishing at the rim. He's a little, he's more controlled. He's still not perfect. His passing game is better. He seems like he has a better grasp on the entire game right now. He still lapses into that hero ball shit, which he did in this game for about a a half a quarter, which drove me insane. Him and Schroeder went back and forth and Brown was out, but I don't know. They're playing better. I don't know if Udoka's getting to them or if it's just one of these stretches where they're playing better and they'll fall to shit against the good teams, but they've been playing better for the last week and a half or so. Which is what you want to see. I mean, I think right now, I mean, the bottom half of the East is pretty wide open. You're staring at a playoff spot right now. I mean, these are your two budding superstars. They're your two best players. They need to carry you, and they need to be the leaders on the team. We've questioned their leadership for years now, basically since – Kyrie left because those were the two alphas, right? So, I mean, this, this is the leadership we needed and we haven't seen it. So I'm hoping this is good things to come. You know, I just think it's a good stretch. Talk to me if they beat Philly and the Bulls. I think that those are the, these are Indiana, but they almost blew the first, they almost blew it. I'm surprised they didn't blow it last night after coming up to big lead. And the, and I believe the first one, they, they went to overtime. So it's still, you want I mean, another a, statistic? Yeah, please. The third, the three worst teams uh in the nba in the in the last five minutes in terms of basically blowing a lead the magic are one and nine in games decided by less than five points before in that before that game against the pacers and celtics the pacers and celtics were both tied at two and 11 for for games decided by five points or less i just they both tried to fucking give it away yeah yeah i mean uh they have a problem with paying, playing down to their competition. I don't think they're a 500 team. You know, I think you and I both agree they were a top four team in the East going in, top five team in the East. I mean, they need to start playing up to up to expectations. There is rumors they're 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 scouring the trade market for bit pieces like the Gerald Green and and fucking crap guys like that. But I mean, at least I'm hoping they be aggressive and not pass on another trade deadline a la Danny Ainge the last couple of years. So let's, let's see. I want to see a, a, an aggressive Brad Stevens, but win a few more games against some real competition. I think the Sixers are one and then the Bulls, even without Ben Simmons, they're still one of the better, better teams in the East. So they need to show it against these this weekend. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and Jalen Brown knows it too. He mentioned that in his comments uh, real quick, because we're running late and I want to get to the Bruins, but um, the athletic, this is Jared Weiss uh, gave grades for the Celtics. I'm just going to run through the, the big names here and you tell me agree or disagree start with the coach i'm a udoka he gives him a c plus i go c minus i agree with you jason tatum he goes b minus i go c plus maybe See, c I go, I go b plus on tatum i think his game has been better i think his game's good like he, he, 
Is this a stretch or the whole season? This is the whole season. Yeah, I go B plus on Tatum because he we we asked him to be a better passer and a better distributor and a better rebounder and a better defender, and he's been all those things. His team sucks and he's he still sucks in the in the final five minutes of games, and that's the next hurdle for him. But I think he made leaps in those other categories, and I don't think he's the reason you're losing games, whereas last year he was. So yeah. I'll give him B plus is maybe strong. I'll give him a B. Give him a B. Rob Williams, B plus. Yeah, I like it. I thought I think he's had a pretty solid season. Yeah, B plus is good. I might even slip into the A minus, but he's missed time per usual, which is typical. Marcus Smart, C plus, C minus. F. Fuck Marcus Smart. <laughs> Dennis Schroeder, C plus. Uh, C minus. Yeah, I'm a C C minus. I he started off good and, and not great. Uh, this guy. As a rookie, I loved him. Last year, he sucked. This year, he's back in my good graces. Grant Williams. <laughs> what's his What's his record? What's his, oh, I'll give him a solid C. Dude, he has one of the highest three-pointing percentages from a guy in his position in the entire – he's shooting 40% from three. Which is incredible. <laughs> I hate Grant Williams. <laughs> Started his career off 0 for 21. Uh, Al Horford, C. I think that's right. Yeah, he started right. off okay. Yeah. It's fine. And then they have Jalen Brown at B. Um, he's missed some time. He's missed a lot yeah. of time. I think B to B plus would good. I think he missed 15 games straight at one point. So I mean, I think you know he's he's rounding it back into form, but the injury issues are always concerning. So yeah, B B B plus. I'm I'm pretty solid there. I agree with you. All right, uh, we'll finish the uh, show off talking B's right after this. Sky rockets in flight. Afternoon delight. You guys have it, I think. Afternoon delight. I don't know, Ron. That sounds kind of crazy. Afternoon delight. A little ball of hate. Brad Marchand with the hat trick. Two goals in 15 seconds. The Canadians fucking suck. I don't know if you saw the clip. We posted, but Marshan had the hot mic on TNT. Yeah, I was. Wa- I watched it live. <laughs> and Biz is in the fucking studio with his stupid stash, and Marshan just drops the shit right on. Oh, he had. You gotta he be careful when you got a hot mic. You know, you say some shit, and then oh fuck yeah, you see. Oh, there it is. <laughs> with this Canadian accent, it was perfect. I, I, I love him. Uh, but two goals in fifteen seconds. Uh, winners of their last six to seven. They're and they're up two zero on the Flyers right now with Tuka Rask back in net. Um, they're eighth in points in the East. This might bump them up to close on that, but they got up to five games in hand. They got five games in hand on Tampa, three games in hand on most of them, two games in hand on the rest of them. So um, like you said, in the opening, they're in good shape. And, and here I'll give you my point. They be- fucking better be because they got nowhere to go from here, except oh. for the bottom and then back up. So, I mean, you have little to no leeway to make a move at the deadline like you have in the past. This is basically your team, unless you want to get out from under that DeBrusque deal. That's $4 million. Maybe you can bring something back on the defensive core to help you. Like, that's kind of your only piece right now that, that you can move unless Allmark is a guy that you can dump and bring Swayman back up. But that's a hard fucking salary to move. He has a no-movement clause. You're, my point is, you're stuck if you're the Bruins, so you better hope this team is good enough to make a miraculous run or at least a deep run surprise me and get to the conference finals. And I'll tell you, that's a successful season and a nice farewell to Bergie and and Tuca. Um, Other than that, you look at the roster and outside of their grit and their leadership, they're set up for a first round loss, but they're, they're a veteran team. So they might surprise us. And if they keep playing like this and if their offense keeps, you know, spreading out from one lines, one to three, then yeah, they're okay. You know, they'll, they'll be all right. And their goaltending has showed up and hypothetically, you should get better and more consistent with Tuca back there. So he's your best option. And as much as I think they'll never want a Stanley Cup with him, but I've always, you know, backed that up with he's been. You have their been best. consistent. You have said they'll never win a cup, but he is the best option. Yep. And I've I've stuck to that. I mean, he's he can single-handedly steal you a series. He did it 2013 against Pittsburgh. He gave two goals in four games. Like that that that's the type of run he can get on. He saw it last year early against Washington. After game one, he was he was lights out. I mean, he can do it. You, you, I don't expect him to win the cup with Tuka Rask. You're, you're probably three pieces away. I'd like to see a second line center be brought in. I mean, Hala has been 
you know, well, he's got an assist tonight on a David pass next first goal, but you're still missing a second line center. Your, your fourth line's playing good with Lazar healthy and Nozick right now. I mean, you got two goals out of them last night. So, I mean, you're, you're really, your number one thing is the second line center and you need to add decor. You need, that's it. That's, that's how you're going to be a championship team. Cause right now the way your offense is rolling, the way you broke up your first and second lines and kind of shuffle those. I mean, you're getting that consistent scoring from two, three lines, which we haven't seen in a, in a couple of years now. So, I mean, can I ask you, you something? No, I know. I mean, I've been, you know, leading this charge in the second line center and, but my, my thought of it is more towards the future this year. If you have Taylor hall and David Pasternak, playing at Taylor Hall level and David Pasnack level, do you need a second line center? Like, shouldn't those guys elevate Howla or whoever they put there that can keep up with them the same way Martian and Berger elevating Craig Smith. Isn't that the whole idea of bringing Pasternak down? I mean, I understand what you're yep. saying, like to win a cup probably, but I think the idea of having an MVP on that left wing and uh, you know, the league's top goal scorer last year on the right wing, that centerman, just don't fuck up. Just go in there and play your position. And yeah, and I think Hala has been pretty solid. I mean, I think you brought him over from the Predators. He's been a two-time twenty-goal scorer. I mean, he's got four on the year, three on the year. I mean, he's been solid. You could get around it the way Poshnak and Hall have, you know, looked in these last seven games, basically, including tonight. I mean, that line is is rolling. You know, there there was a problem last year against the Islanders with Hall and Krejci and, and, and Smith. They got shut down. The whole first two lines got shut down. Now this year, moving, you know, your best goal scorer is Hall and, and Pasnak, truthfully. I think the, the most talent. It's been talented. their best line since they've come back from the COVID break. So. Yeah, and I just think you're putting a speedster in between in between two other speedsters and, and Hala at center. And I, I just like it. Charlie Coyle is not a second line center. He can't produce that way. Maybe he'll produce in the playoffs, but no, it, it, it would be nice to add an, another offensive piece. And, but you're really, your needs are defense plain and simple. That's where you need to add. I think Tuca and Allmark, Allmark's been pretty solid this year. I've actually been coming he's around been on him the last month. I think he's been playing, he's been playing well, including last night against the Canadians. You know, he only gave one goal. I thought he was solid all night. I mean, he's been solid from Buffalo. I mean, he started shaky, but he's really turned it on. I think your goaltending's, you know, more solid now with Tuca Rask, truthfully. I mean, it's going to be weird to see how that's going to shake out. Is Allmark going to be a backup or are they going to do the, you know, Halak and, um, Tuka Rass, like 50 50 splits. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of see, but just get in the playoffs. Let's, let's be aggressive at the t- trade deadline and sell out to win a cup this year and let Berger, Bergeron and, and Rass ride off into the sunset and then start your rebuild over. I'm with you. And uh, the last pay- point I'll make on that goaltending, and this is a long shot, but you know, if Allmark signed to be, you know, come and be a basically a starter and they start giving Tuka Rass those, those starts, he might say, Hey, you know, I want out of here. See if you can see if you can make a deal. And that will be that will make it easier for the Bruins to push him because he's got that no movement clause. I don't see it happening, frankly. And I don't think they'll use him like that. I think I think they're gonna, you know, move Tuka along slowly. He just had fucking hip surgery. And we already know the delicate, fragile, fragility mm-hmm. that is Tuka Rask. So I expect him to be in that Halak role, which you know what? That's a great role for him in a million dollars, but it would have been even better if Swayman was in Omar's role for seven, fifth, nine, twenty-five. I think his salary is, yeah. and then you go spend Omar's five million on the defenseman that you're looking for, which so. is was what we've been saying. Yep. So, I mean, we'll so. see. I mean, you're playing hot right now. Let's carry it over. Let's let's get hot. You you got no All Star break or no uh, Olympic break. You're gonna kind of cram some games in there, and let's go. Just stay hot. Now that you're playing a full schedule, you know you're coming off the COVID. You're you're getting pretty healthy. I mean, I think what's his um, what the fuck, uh, Fiora, whatever. I forget. Stupid Felino. That's it. Yeah, he's out. Falange. Yeah, he's out right now. He got sent back to Boston the other night. Sounds like a lower body injury. Typical for him. He's been hurt majority of his career and he's old and that yeah i would expect that to kind of continue steen has been okay i like him i like yeah. steen i think he's 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 brought a little bit of spark especially that fourth line i mean he's got five or six seven assists since he's came up i just think you know he's too good to play in providence i mean he might not be ready for top six minutes right now but the way he's playing in that third and fourth line i mean he's brought stability on that i mean that fourth line right now nozick 
Steen and um, Lazar has been solid. I've liked Lazar since they got him from Buffalo last year. I thought he's been a nice piece and he's finally healthy. And you're kind of seeing that, you know, he could, he could put in 10, 12 goals for you on that fourth line. And I think it'd be, yeah. I think Oscar Steen is the same way. I think that whole fourth line is good for 10 or 12 goals out of all of them. So, yeah, I, yeah, I like him too. And he's one of the three young guys you have on the team. So yeah, um, just a little bit of a building block there. All right. Fire, uh, we'll fire see. Don Sweeney still, though. Fire Sweeney. Uh, this has been the Zoom My Sports Show. Friday headlines, January 14th. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hope you feel better, Ray. You too, Ray. I hope your whole family does. Totally. I hope, I hope you don't have to go out for cigarettes and milk anytime soon. But, <laughs> but I do have do. a I do have a flop house for a few more months if you need a place to crash. 